This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. If you got your Bible, go with me to the book of John chapter 16. John 16. Now, here on these Wednesday nights, we've been talking about the trajectory of faith. And we've looked at a, a young man named Joseph over and over and back and forth. And so we're going to hit just a little bit more on him tonight. We're going to learn some more in our, our next 30 minutes that we're here. So I ask you to focus, okay? Just focus on the Word of God. You can turn your phone off for 30 minutes, okay? Those messages will be there when you get back. Just let, allow yourself to focus on the Word. So here's the deal. Every one of us at some time in our life will fall into a pit. The pits of life. And some of you say, I'm there right now. And a lot of the times when we fall into the pit, we invite the trouble ourselves. And sometimes trouble comes uninvited just because we live in what we call a fallen world. Sometimes it just shows up here. And so when you look at this, that every one of us will fall into a pit. The question is, do I stay there? Or do I choose to get out of it? And so we're going to look at how we get out of the pits of life with God's help. So in, in John 16, verse 33, this is the Lord Jesus. He said this, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, but in the world, right here on earth where we live right now, you will have tribulation. Now let me give you some definitions of tribulation. It means pressure, stress. It means adversity. It means affliction. Actually, one of the best definitions of, of the, the trials, the tribulations, it's a squeezing. Life begins to squeeze us. You say, man, pastor, that's me to a T. Well, every one of us, he said, we're going to fall into some things. And so what do we do when we get in there? Now, go all the way back to the book of Genesis, chapter 37. This is the, the, the main text we've been on as far as it is with the young man Joseph's life. And so we will pick back up there. And so what happens here, that when these tribulations come, human nature is usually to try to blame somebody else. That's what is the easiest thing. We, we blame people. We blame our jobs. And if it's not careful, we start going through life with a victim mentality. And so here this guy named Joseph, he's been treated badly, 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 but now... What will he do pertaining to his brothers? Does he forgive them? Now, I, I want to show you some things here, and I'll go with it a little bit. But I want to pick up starting in Genesis 37, verse 3. And it says, Now Israel, which was Jacob his father, he loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many clothes. So Joseph had this coat of many colors. Now, remember, that coat represented leadership. It represented royalty. And so in studying this day after day after day after day here for weeks, I begin to see a pattern with this tunic. And it started out as something that was good from his father, but it literally came a point of tension in his life. So now, same chapter, verse 18. Now watch this, because what goes on here. Joseph's father tells him, you go up and you check on your brothers. They're out feeding the sheep. 
Now, the thought is on this, Joseph was the 11th of, of 12 boys. And his dad said, go check on your brothers, but his brothers were grown men. They had been shepherds their whole life, so why was the motive there? Watch what happens here in verse 18. Now, when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against them to kill him. Now, picture this. Here they are out tending these sheep, and it says, they saw him afar off before he came near. The question jumped out of me is this. How did they know it was him from afar off? It was that stinking coat. You watch what plays out here. And so again, I, I'm going to highlight the coat in his life because again, it came a point of distraction. It became a point of tension. And so there's times in my life, I've got to begin to look and say, every time this is going on in my life, what's the point of tension in my life? And it may not be a coat, but usually there's something there that tries to grip us. Same chapter, verse 23. So it came to pass when Joseph came to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was with him. And so again, he shows up and the first thing they do is they say, we got to get that coat off of him. And so not only was the coat of point of attention with, with Joseph, but it was that way with his brothers. Now, I believe this, that every time his brothers saw that coat, you know what it said to them? He thinks he's better than us. He thinks he's more important than us. And we know biblically that that's not the truth. Verse 24. Then they took him and they cast him into the pit. And the pit was empty and there was no water in it. So when you look at this here, Joseph may have looked innocent in that pit. But just remember this, guys. He had contributed to them being in that pit because of his arrogance. Because he was very prideful. Let me ask you this question. What are the things that cause you to be thrown into a pit right now? Are there things in your life that attribute to you being in there? And so me asking you that question, once Joseph was thrown into that pit, every one of us, when we get into the pits of life, we've got to guard our hearts. And we've got to guard our hearts that we don't become hard-hearted. We don't become bitter. We don't become where we won't forgive people. And it's the same for every one of us. Genesis chapter 37. Now pick up with me in verse 31. Now watch what happens here. And Joseph's been sold as a slave now. So they, his brothers, took Joseph's tunic. There's that stinking coat again. They took Joseph's tunic. They killed a, a, a kid of goats. And they dipped a, a, a tunic, or the blood... They dipped the tunic in blood. And so you begin to see there was deception in their lives. They were trying to cover their tracks. Verse 32. Then they sent the tunic of many colors and they brought it to their father. And they said, we have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And so basically right there, man, they're trying to be deceptive. They're a bunch of liars right here is what you see. They knew whose coat it was. Verse 33. And he recognized it and said, it is my son's tunic. A wild beast devoured him without doubt. Joseph is torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and he mourned for his son many days. Now, when you read right here what he did, 
the sackcloth and he tore his clothes, that was a sign or a demonstration of great grief, of great anger, of great pain, of a lot of tears. And the last part there, verse 35 or verse 34, it says, and he mourned for his son many days. You know how many days the many days turned to? 22 years. He never got past it. Now this begins to show me how hard-hearted his brothers had become. They had become calloused. And anytime I live in deceit and I live in sin, it begins to callous my heart. And they became hard-hearted. Now watch what happens in verse 35. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted and he said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now it's interesting to me, it says, And all of his sons tried to comfort him. This shows me again how hard-hearted they were. They saw their father well. They saw their father in great grief. But they never told him the truth. And remember, biblically speaking, only the truth sets people free. And so we can try to live behind a lie. We can try to live and deceive people just as they did. But ultimately, it leads to pain in my life. So when we look at all this right here, the brothers, they used the code here. They held it up. As evidence, but the evidence they showed was fabricated or false evidence. It wasn't real. Now, I want you to think about that right there. That's exactly what the devil does with me and you. When we make mistakes, and oftentimes in the pit of life, the devil will say stuff like to this, to us, you really messed up this time. God will never be able to use you because you did this and you did that. I've been there, guys. I was that position for many years of my life. And because of the life, the sin I lived in, I thought, how could God ever use me? But again, guess what? My talents, my achievements, not what qualify me with God. Only the blood of Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus. So I want you to think about this here just a second. Before Jesus was in your life, Were you a great mess? Yeah, probably so. But when I gave my heart to Jesus, things began to change in my life. I wasn't perfect, but I began to see things happen. Again, be very patient with people when they don't have Jesus in their life. You know why? Because Jesus is the only foundation for freedom with anybody. If Jesus isn't Lord of people's life, guys... They're going to sin. You know what sinners do? Thank you. They sin. They sin. And so, again, without Jesus in my life, I sin. And so, when you look at all this, are there things in your life that have put you in the pit? And while you're in the pit, i got to say, Lord, soften my heart. Soften my heart. Now, I want you to go to the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah, chapter number 1. And as you're turning there to the book of Jonah, you say, where is that? Well, ooh, you'll go past Jeremiah and Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Uh, he's going to be tucked in there between Obadiah and Micah. 
I'm going to really help you. It's page 1196 in my Bible. I'll give you time to get there. Listen, what I'm talking about here tonight is the Bible is a book of restoration. Okay? And people who messed up in life, when they would turn to God, even in the pits of life, God restored them. And I want to highlight something here. Those ten brothers that were so hard-hearted, God restored every one of them. And they became part of the twelve tribes of Israel. So again, I don't care what pit of life you're in right now, when I turned to God, and ultimately they turned to God, life got so difficult with them that they had to turn to Him. And so I don't care where you're at right now, there's still hope for you. Don't quit. Don't give up. Just keep hanging around God. Keep coming to church. Keep getting in the Bible. And I love to say this. You get into the Word and God will get into you. And you'll begin to see huge changes. And then you begin to get around other people. And they look and say, what happened to you? And you can say, my only answer is Jesus. He came into my heart. Now here we are in the book of Jonah, chapter 1. Begin with me. Jonah 1.1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city. Now, right here you begin to see that Jonah has an assignment from God. He's, he's got a big destiny here. He's got a specific job. And it was, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. You know what the cry out was against it? He was to go to Nineveh and say, you guys got to repent. You got to repent. Do you know that's the same thing for America right now? America needs to repent. And that needs to be our prayer. You know, my prayer for now for months for our nation hasn't been God bless us. My prayer hasn't been God take care of us. Watch. My prayer is that it's a nation that repents. And so even in that time, it got so bad. He said, I'm going to send this guy and tell him to repent. And he said, to cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me. And so their wickedness was literally their, their trouble, their misery, their difficulty. And their lives had got so bad that it got God's attention. Now I want you to see the character of God right here. You see his love and his mercy. Because you know what God could have said? I'm going to wipe them out. But he said, no, I'm going to give them another chance. So he's telling him here, I'm going to send this guy right here. Named Jonah, verse 3. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, Tarshish was the exact opposite direction of Nineveh. Keep reading here with me. And he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and he went down into it to go with him to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So you see the phrase right there two times in that verse. Jonah runs from the presence of the Lord. Anytime in my life when I start running from the presence of the Lord, that's not a good day. And so when this passage right here, I've got to understand, it's, it's a bad thing me, for me to run from God instead of to God. The key is I keep running to God and I keep going before him day after day. So Jonah runs from God. Now this is where it gets really interesting. Let me paraphrase some of you here for time's sake. So he buys this, this fare and he gets on this ship. And they take off from Joppa and they start sailing. And all of a sudden, the winds get really bad. 
They get so bad that all of them on the ship think they're going to lose their life. And so they start asking the question, who is causing all this trouble to come upon us? And the answer here was this guy named Jonah right here. And in this passage here, when you start running from God, you're going to bring on a self-inflicted trouble. I don't care who you are. God's desire is that we run to him. So Jonah confesses and said, the problem's me, boys. So you know what they do with him? They grab him by his belt loop and they throw him overboard. Now this may bother some of you, but it's still the truth. Some of you got some friends that you need to get by the belt loop and throw them overboard. And what I mean by that, get them out of your life. Because what happens is every time you're around them, you get into trouble. And I like to say it this way. In my own life for a lot of years, I was addicted to stupid people. And every time I got around him, I got into trouble and I got into trouble and I got into trouble. And I knew any time I got around them, this was what was going to take place in my life. And many of you have been around people that got you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But a lot of times... We don't want to recognize that. We want to say, well, you know what? I'm going to keep being around them, and I'm going to save every one of them. Do you know that was my thought for years? I would say, I'm going to go to the bars and get all my friends saved. But you know what happened? They got me saved into a thing that I shouldn't have gone back into over and over again. So Jonah is thrown overboard, and God calls this whale to come up and swallow him. Now we pick up in chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. There's a nugget in here. Because when you see this, that Jonah's in the belly of the whale, God's got his undivided attention. In that belly of the whale, there wasn't sports center. There wasn't an Xbox. There wasn't a refrigerator. And so it was so bad in there that if you note the start of verse 1, pay real close attention, it said, then Jonah prayed to the Lord. It was Jonah's idea. And so life had got so bad that Jonah begins to call on the Lord. And he said, I cried to the Lord because of my affliction, my distress. Jonah realizes I'm in the belly of the whale because of my choices. Then he goes on to say, And he answered me. God will answer you in the belly of the whale. But again, it has to be your choice. I have to make the decision to call on God. Then he goes on to say, Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. Now the word Sheol there is an Old Testament word for pit. And actually in this same chapter, Jonah chapter 2 verse 6, It calls it a pit. And so again, if you'll note right here, two things that he did. He cried out to the Lord, and he answered me. Right out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and he heard my voice. So again, when I respond to God in the belly of the whale, something happens when I cry out. Something happens when I surrender to God. But here's the deal. This is what happens in the pit of life. You're either going to call out to God, Or you're going to complain, you're going to gripe, and you're going to blame everyone else in your life. 
I've seen it over and over in my life. I either call to God or I go to this, this direction. And so again, it becomes my choice this like was his. But my pit experiences can lead me right to God. How many of you have ever noticed? Sometimes the only time we call out on God when it gets really, really difficult. I pray that we don't always do that. But there are times in my life that's what we always do. Now keep reading here as we pick back up verse number 7. So he cries out to God. He said, when my soul fainted within me, when I got to the bottom of the barrel, when my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. Now pay close attention to how he takes responsibility. He said, I remembered the Lord. His choice again. And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. What this literally says in the Greek translation here is those who look to idols, they forsake the only source of mercy, which is God. Keep reading. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed, and salvation, which means deliverance also, is of the Lord or belongs to the Lord. So oftentimes here, guys, when trouble comes, we try to bargain our way out. How many of you have ever tried to bargain your way out with God? How many of you have ever said, let's make a deal, God? See, I don't have to do that. I just need to learn to come to God on a daily basis, and I hang out to him. And if you'll note some of the stuff he did there, he came to God with a voice of thanksgiving. When's the last time you've come to God with a voice of thanksgiving and say, man, thank you, Father God, just for another day of life. Thank you, I'm healthy. Thank you, I'm not in jail. See, again, this is what we've got to get a hold of. Now, watch how we end this verse here in verse 10. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out into the dry land. So guess what? As Jonah drew near to God... Then right there, God got him out of the belly of the whale or the pit. The scriptural reference for that is James 4.8. You know what James 4.8 says? Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Now, I don't know about you, but there's certain reruns that I really, really want to watch when I get into heaven. This is one of them. Wouldn't that be incredible? I don't know about you. I love the beach. I love to go to the beach anytime I can. And I, I've thought about this before, being on the beach and... Being out there laying on the sand and all of a sudden this, this whale comes cruising up. And this dude comes rolling out. I guess you guys don't think it's this human. I, I mean, I look at that and I think, I want to see that because, you know, I believe every bit of this in the Bible happens. Go with me to one more verse here tonight. Psalm 16. Psalm 16. So let me say right now, are you in a pit of life? And again, if you are, don't live with the mentality, Lord, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. This always happened to me. It's not fair. Remember, he said in this world, you're going to have tribulations. None of us are exempt from tribulations, okay? So it's not if I'm going to have tribulations, it's what am I going to do when I get in them? And that may be you right now. What are you doing? Are you crying out to God or do you just bellyache all day long and you whine? And I can tell you, I've been on both sides of those. Man, I don't like to do that. I'd rather come in here and say, Lord, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to call out to you. Psalm 16, verse 10. This is talking about the Lord Jesus 
Actually, this is a, a messianic prophecy about Jesus that was fulfilled. And it said, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol. This is the Lord Jesus. He said, you won't abandon me, Lord. Nor will you allow the Holy One to seek corruption. Undergo corruption. This is what he's saying. You won't allow me to. Verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So you will show me the path of life. Have you gotten off the path of life? You know how we get off the path of life? We quit looking to God. We quit calling out to God. On a daily basis. Remember the Lord's prayer there in Matthew 6. He said give me this day my daily bread. We got to hang out with God on a daily, bre- a daily basis. But in this passage right here. God didn't allow Jesus to stay in the pit. And God won't allow you to stay in the pit when you call out to him. And so the Lord is the only path to life for every one of us. So today where are you at right now? Are you in some type of pit? Does it seem like your life goes from pit to pit to pit to pit? Again, never quit calling out to God and never forget or think that he won't hear you. You know, in Psalm 50, 15, he said, call on me in the day of trouble and I'll hear you. If you're in a pit today, if you feel like, I feel like I'm in the belly of whale. Call out to the Lord. Begin to seek him on a daily basis and watch what he'll begin to do. He'll restore you. He'll get you back. And you know, every one of us, because of this thing called life, we try to, to have to fight against our hearts being hardened. You may be hard-hearted today toward God. It's very easy to get upset with God. I've been there before where I said, Lord, I'm not real happy with you right now. I want you to think about this in Jesus' life. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There was a time in Jesus' life that he felt that way. But you know what Jesus knew? My father is faithful and he's just. And God will rescue us. And so I don't care how bad it looks in your life. And I will say this tonight. I don't care how bad it looks for America right now. God will heal our land. God will move in our land. And I look all over this auditorium tonight and I see red sheep, black sheep, white sheep, swirl sheep, skinny sheep, healthy sheep. You know what the common denominator is? Jesus. That's why every one of us are here. is because of Jesus. And so again, you put Jesus in people's heart, in people's life, And you know what? There becomes brotherly love, brotherly acceptance, brotherly honor, brotherly value. And I can say right now, America's in a pit. And we can all stand around and we complain, we can give our opinion, or we can call out on God. And we say, Lord, rescue us. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.